I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the New Testament book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2, beginning at verse 14, where we read, Since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, and to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for this privilege of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Many of the books in the New Testament are letters. Letters, for example, from Paul or Peter or others to the churches. Letters from Paul, for example, to individuals like Timothy. But there are some books in the Bible, the New Testament, that are not letters. Hebrews is one of those. Hebrews is a sermon. It's a sermon that was written to be shared with the churches. We're not really sure who wrote it. Some people argue that it's Paul, but the Greek tends to imply probably not. It doesn't match the other letters of Paul. Probably not Paul. Who could it be? Martin Luther argued that in all likelihood, it was Apollos. You might remember Apollos from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 18, for example, we're told that he was an eloquent man who was well-versed in the Scripture. Perhaps then it was Apollos. It is sophisticated Greek. It could be from an eloquent person like Apollos. Some have argued that it's Barnabas. And others have said, you know, this really could be from someone like Priscilla. The eloquence of the Greek, the nuances of the Greek may show, did this come from the hands of a woman like Priscilla? We don't really know who wrote it, but it is a powerful, powerful book, powerful sermon that was written primarily to the Jews who had become Christians or Jews who were beginning to be interested or looking toward the faith or perhaps those who had become Christians but may be starting to drift back away from the faith. It relies heavily on the Old Testament. 30 citations from the Old Testament, about 70 then different allusions to the Old Testament. Obviously, whoever was receiving this letter knew the Old Testament faith. But Hebrews focuses on the new covenant. What God has done and is doing through the person 
and the work of Jesus the Christ. And God offering to us this new great high priest who is able to intercede on our behalf. Hebrews. In chapter 2, for example, of the book of Hebrews, we hear the story that since we are all flesh and blood, we, the children of God, the people of God, are human form, flesh and blood, that Jesus himself took on flesh and blood to live among us. Earlier, you heard Justin singing a song about our faith, and then Reverend Briggs was sharing and leading us through the Apostles' Creed when we affirm that which we believe as we speak about the incarnation, that, that Jesus came to live among us, that He suffered, that He died, that He rose again. Hebrews is reminding us that, that our amazing God came to live among us, to dwell among us, to share our lives with us and to suffer and to suffer. That is hard to imagine that God, this amazing God who is so beyond us, a God who is so powerful that he can simply speak the words and speak the world into existence. This God chose to become flesh and blood, to take on flesh and blood, chose to come and live among us and suffer for us. Dr. Tom Long, a great New Testament scholar and an amazing preacher, shared that this is Jesus with whip marks on his back. Picture that. A God with whip marks on his back. Not the usual image we have of God. Dr. Fred Craddock, who was my preaching professor and an amazing mentor over the years, talked about that Jesus was risen yet wounded. He still had the scars of suffering, the scars of coming to live among us and experiencing the pain, the grief, the sin, the brokenness for us, death on a cross, the sacrifice on the cross for us. Hebrews reminds us that this God of ours, this high priest that God has given to us, is a God who was willing to suffer for us. George Ross tells the story about an event that happened in England years ago during the early days of the Salvation Army. He tells the story that there was a man who was going around England with a real sense of charisma. He was a charismatic kind of person, one who could tell a story. He had a great personality, a great speaker, and crowds of people were beginning to come because he was sharing that he was Jesus Christ returned to earth. Jesus Christ. He was the Christ returned now in human form. And so crowds of people were gathering because he was telling that he could heal the sick. He could give sight to the blind. He could do all kinds of other miracles. And some were following him because they became believers that this truly is Jesus back in the flesh again. Others were following out of curiosity. Well, one evening he was giving a lecture in one of the great halls of London. And as he was speaking, he started hearing music way in the distance, a, a brass band. The music kept getting a little louder and a little louder 
the band was obviously getting closer till finally the doors of the hall opened up and there was the band and they started coming on into the front led by the captain of the Salvation Army. When they got to the front, the captain made the sign for the music to stop and then there was silence. And the captain of the Salvation Army looked up at this guy and said, Are you really the Christ? Tell us plainly. The speaker looks around at all the people that were there, looks back at the Salvation Army band, looks back at the captain who was leading the music, and he said, Yes, I am the Christ returned to earth. And the captain then said, looking in his eyes, Very well, very well, then show us your hand. And the band began to play the song, I shall know him, I shall know him by the print of the nails in his hands. Very well. Then show us your hands, because the real Christ, the real Savior of the world, the chosen one of God who came to live among us and serve as the great high priest making atonement for us has the scars in his hands, the stripes on his back. He experienced death for us. Why? Well, Hebrews says that he does this to destroy the one with the power of death. That is the devil. Not to squelch it, not to knock it down, not to hold him back, but to destroy. Jesus came to give us victory over sin and death. Victory over sin and death. And then the Hebrews writer goes on to say, and free us from slavery to the fear of death. I mean, once death has been conquered... The fear of death no longer holds a pull over us. There there are some people in our world today that are so afraid of dying that they never really live. And Hebrews tells us that Jesus came not only to conquer death, but the fear of death so that, that we might really live. Not paralyzed by fear, but offered abundant life. I'm reminded in John chapter 10, for example, when Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd. And in John 10 verse 10, he said, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, God doesn't want us just to survive. God wants us to thrive. He wants us to experience real life, to experience joy and hope and peace. Not just survival, but a relationship with God, a relationship with others, forgiveness and grace, victory over both sin and death. In John chapter 11, when Jesus arrived at the home of Mary and Martha, where their brother Lazarus, a good friend of Jesus, Lazarus, had died, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. 
But then I love the tag to that statement. Jesus then looks at them and asks the question, do you believe this? And Jesus looks at us today and says, do you really believe this? The writer of Hebrews wants us to know that that Jesus came to live among us as brothers and sisters in flesh and blood to experience the suffering and death and resurrection so that we might experience victory and know our funerals are different. We still experience grief and pain, but we have hope of everlasting life. Hope. Hebrews 2 verse 17 goes on to say, Therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. He became like us, his brothers and sisters, so he could experience all and help us when we go through our time. That we, he might be a merciful high priest, one who has experienced God is able to have empathy with us. Not sympathy, just feeling bad for us. Empathy because we have a God who can relate. A merciful, faithful high priest. See, in biblical times, the high priest, that was just an amazing role. The high priest was responsible for worship. The high priest was responsible for the worship that occurred in the temple, the house of God, where God was to dwell among the people there in the temple in Jerusalem. And then the high priest had this one incredible privilege that one day out of the year, just one day out of the year, on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, the high priest could go behind the curtain of the Holy of Holies, there to be in the very presence of God and to make a sacrifice to God for the sins of himself and for the people. Leviticus chapter 26 will give you those details. We're told that our God took on flesh, suffered, died, came to life again so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Hebrews chapter 4, if you turn over a couple chapters, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, But we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. The role of the high priest was to make atonement, that word at-one-ment, or it was a word that offered forgiveness. It was the sacrifice for forgiveness of the people, forgiveness and grace and redemption and restoration and wholeness. It's the high holy day 
for that's when the people of God could experience the forgiveness of God. And God so loved the world that he then came in human form to be that one full and sufficient sacrifice to make his own sacrifice of atonement, to die for us that you and I may be forgiven and we may have everlasting life. So we, the church, we come to this table. We come to this table because it is a reminder to us of who our God is. That when we experience and taste the body and blood of Christ, we are reminded of what Hebrews tells us that our God was willing to take on flesh and blood to be one of us to suffer on our behalf, to die for our sins, to rise again that we may have life. That's the offer of grace that's offered to you and to me. And it's to make a sacrifice of atonement where you and I can be one with God again and one with each other. So as we come to this table... We are reminded of God's amazing sacrificial love for us. And to know that when we go through challenging times in our lives, we have a God who can relate. So I invite you to prepare to receive this gift of God's grace. And remember these words from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake... He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God through his atonement, through his body and blood, we are restored. We are forgiven we are offered the joy of salvation.